Hello and welcome to a brand new exclusive TNC podcast. I am so super pumped and super excited to get stuck into this yellow and green conversation. A player that I have no doubt that you Talk Norwich City subscribers will absolutely love to hear from. 128 appearances for Norwich City, 10 glorious goals, one championship title, East Anglian Derby Day hero, this man's name is etched into Canary folklore forever. He's big, he's Swiss, he's got a house in this. Tim Close, Tim Close. Tim, how you doing, mate? You all right? Yes, I'm good. Thanks to be here and uh, be part of that amazing podcast. Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate that. I did hear through the grapevine that you enjoyed the Mario Vrancic episode. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah, I even watched the one with Tommy. Um, he did send me something because he mentioned me and then I was like, well, I have to listen to it. But yeah, obviously the ranged one I was listening to as well. Yeah. Okay, Super Mario. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that. And I must start by saying congratulations. You've signed a, a new contract at, at Bristol, so you must be absolutely buzzing, mate. Yes, I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to sign for the club. Um, I mean, I had a few offers this summer, but... Um, we had a few options, I would say, because my family is getting bigger now. So we had to make decisions on uh, where we want to go next, if we want to stay home or if we want to just call it a day and, and just stop playing football. So, But in the end, I think Bristol was the right thing to do. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I do look forward to uh, co coming up against you next season. I'm sure the Barclay will be kind to you. <laughs> as long as I'm not scoring, I think yes, they will. <laughs> if you score, that's it. I'm deleting this episode. That's it. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Mate, so let's let's start at the beginning if you if you don't mind. Um, obviously, you you join Norwich City Football Club. You walk through the the Colney Pearly Gates, a January signing, which of course brings different pressures and stuff like that. You've gone on record before saying that you had some other options as well as Norwich City. So I guess just, just talk me through that process of joining Norwich City. Was that a stressful time for you? Well, yeah, it was a bit. I mean, I had a great time at Wolfsburg in Germany, um, but I thought, or oh, I had the feeling that I should just make the next step or take on a new adventure. And I thought, um in the uk that would be a great thing to do and then we had talks with different clubs in the prem and um well uh, it was always a bit of a i don't know it would have been a struggle to get into the team right. with, some, with some teams because i knew i'm i'm coming in january i'm coming in in january which is always a, a difficult thing to do but when i was talking to alex neil um he almost guaranteed me to play and I think, well, I, I liked it, uh, the facilities, I liked the city very much, although I was very tired and I fell asleep towards the end uh, <laughs> because I just came back from my holidays, I think, and that was like a 15 or 16 hour trip. Um, yeah, so I think in the end it was just the, the whole package that like really took me over and then then i decided to to yeah to accept that adventure what was that first meeting like with with alex neil of course very broad scottish bloke um what was was that was it difficult to to, to understand the, the the scottish lingo or did you pick it up quite quickly 
Uh, no, it was really hard. <laughs> Especially, I mean, I knew the English language, but um, the school English is always different to 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 like different accents around the UK. So um, it was hard in the in the beginning, uh, but I think the the chat uh, was very open, very honest. Um, I think that's also what I am. I think I'm very honest, and I'm not gonna talk around the cake i'm gonna go straight towards it and and i think that was in the end uh, the initial for 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 the signing what was it like working under alex neil tim because of course at the time very inexperienced manager only managed at hamilton beforehand how did that work with you were you worried about working under an inexperienced manager or were you just so sold on the club that it almost didn't matter who, who the who the manager was uh, I mean, it did not. It did not matter to me that much. I think uh, you have to give like young managers a chance, obviously. And uh, I think he 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 did a great job. Um, but uh, I, I don't know when we went down afterwards. I think we're gonna talk about it afterwards. But uh, there were some things that that there were strange things happen, and 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 mm. that's why maybe in the end he got sacked. But uh, all in all, um, I have to say he's a great manager. I, I had fun working with him, under him. And, and obviously, going towards the end of his time at Norwich, we had, to, we had some misunderstandings. But um, I apologized uh, to him afterwards when we met, when we played Preston. And I think, uh, yeah, you can put that at acta, as we say. Well, look, I, I think that's interesting. We will definitely pick up on, on that, Timmy. Don't, don't you worry at all. Um, we're going to talk about the light before the dark um, of, of that Premier League relegation and Alex Neal getting sacked, etc. Very interested to delve deeper into your comments just there for sure. Let's start on a light note, though. A game that I'll always remember of you in the Premier League where I really thought, wow, what a signing we've got here. Newcastle at home, 3-2. Olsen with the winner. Of course, you scored a, an absolutely superb header in that game. Was that the game for you where you were like, right, I'm here, I've arrived? Or did that come before that game? Mm, I would say I struggled for the first two games, I would say, um, just to get used to the pace and, and you know what the, prim, what the Premier League actually is. I think that's always a hard thing. But I adapted quite fast to the pace and everything. And then... then um, once I got over the three goals from Kane, I think when we played Tottenham at home or two, I don't, I can't actually remember. But um, yeah, I, um, I had like I was talking to myself a lot and to my uh, mental coach on where we could like just put some little adjustments. And um, yeah, after a hard knock at Swansea away, I think um, that was the mo even that game I felt more comfortable. But we lost one nil, unfortunately. But yeah, from that moment on, I just felt like I, I belong to the Premier League. Yeah. Did you always have a mental coach, Timmy? Because that's something that comes up a lot in conversations. And you know, I really enjoy self psychology myself personally. And there's always question marks over mentality at Norwich City Football Club. Did, did did you always have a one-to-one -one mental coach or was that something that the that the club put on for you how how did that work 
No, I, I got one when I was in Nuremberg. That was my first station in Germany. So I organized one and I thought it was necessary because I'm always like, I'm hungry for success. Obviously, I, everywhere I go, I want to be the best. I want to win trophies. I want to um, just make my mark. Um, and sometimes I couldn't deal with things when things did not work my way or did not went my way and uh, yeah I had some down times in my career and well I can't say it was all down to him but he helped me massively getting out of those darker times and it made me stronger as a person and as a football player. Yeah I do think it's a gap that I think a lot of I, I, it almost seems daft that we don't have that. Like it should just be a standard, right? Because that Premier League pressure at, at any level, but especially the Premier League and obviously with social media and stuff these days as well, it can be really full on. So it's very interesting to hear that from you. Tim, slight tangent. Welcome to the Talk Night City podcast. A bloke that's just popped into my head who you played with. And I never, I've never heard any stories about him. Dear Mercy Mbakani. What was he like as a as a player up front for us, battering teams left, right, and centre? What was he like behind the scenes, Mbakani? Um, it was good fun. Obviously, um, I'm capable of. Uh, I was capable of talking to him because I knew French, so uh, it was easy for us to to chat to each other. And yeah. that, like you know, obviously, you always have those little groups in a team. Yeah. Um, where you had the French players together, you had the English players together, you had some, well, I was the only German player anyway, West Swiss. Um, but yeah, you, uh, that was my entry ticket to a lot of things that, because um, they always said, oh, you can speak French. So we started to talk and, and he was just a really nice guy, very friendly, um, a bit crazy uh, because he had sometimes he had the feeling of um, he needs to fly back to Paris and then he stayed there and then didn't show up for training and then all of a sudden came back and but I think I wouldn't say a little Dennis Rotman but um, you know I mean he was a bit crazy but on the day on the game day he was always there for us and he gave a hundred percent and that's why um, I was never angry at him that he did things like that because wow. I knew that he gives a hundred percent on the weekend. That's the thing, Tim. I, I always think with the immersive, it's a bit of a myth as to why it ended because you looked at what he did on the pitch. You know, we've seen him score some great goals away at Newcastle at home to Liverpool, that back heel, but it's perhaps that inconsistency behind the scenes that meant that he didn't keep his place. Cause I looked at him and I remember asking him for a photograph once upon a time when I was a younger fan. Um, and, and I just remember him like grunting at me, like being a very scary bloke, like and on yeah. the pitch, so scary. So interesting to hear your, your, your insight. I, he's a nice guy. He's just, um, I don't know, sometimes they put on a wall to protect themselves, obviously. Um, but as I said, as a, as a friend back in the day, uh, yeah. he, was, he was great. Good to hear your insight on that. And something that I do want to ask you about now, I've got to take you to what I think might potentially be one of the darkest moments of your of your career. Um, we go away to Crystal Palace. Now, Timmy, let me tell you, my friend, the fans were raucous. It was one of the best away days ever. There was flares. There was beer everywhere. We were singing in the concourse. It was Gary O'Neill. It was all of those players. And you were in great form. And then... 
you get injured. And I remember looking at Jack and literally crying, saying, it's done, it's over. What was going through your head at that time? Well, I thought it, it isn't that bad, actually. I thought I can just like relax a few days and then play again. Um, but yeah, when, when they told me that it's going to be longer than just two weeks, uh, I knew that the season for me is pretty much over. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to accept injuries sometimes. I think the darkest, if you want to say, I, I'm not a fan of talking about darkest things, and, um, yeah. but that's just me. I mean, like the darkest one for me was the, the, the PCL injury um, against Crawley. I mean, mm. that was hard as well, um, especially because I came back from a summer of um, yeah a long recovery from a, an op a small operation, and I just wanted to get ready for the Premier League season. And then you have that not stupid game, but you have like an unnecessary away game at Crawley, um, mm. and then you yeah. injure yourself for and you're out for nine months. So. Yeah, you can you can pick which is but worse, but uh, yeah, obviously back back to the beginning or the, the you know the, the early days, I would say yeah, that was that was pretty hard. Yeah, to accept. Mm -hmm. I still, I actually still get upset thinking about it because it's been the only time where I've just gone like you were so critical, and I'm genuinely not just saying this because I'm talking to you. You were so critical when you went down. I just looked around and just the fans were just like literally devastated. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was just because there was just so much beer consumed that day. Um, but, but nonetheless, it was, um, it was a very sad time. So let's, um, let's drag you down those sad times just a little bit longer. And let's start to talk about the following season now. So you're relegated. Things are, are pretty sad behind the scenes. Alex Neal gets the sack. Alan Irving comes in. So I think now is probably the right time, Timmy, to probe you a bit more on on your comments earlier around your relationship with Alex Neal and, and 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 sort of what happened you said he did some he did some strange things C can you shed any light for the Norwich City fans on, on those strange things um, I don't know like as I said like when we went down I had some offers to to go to different Premier League clubs again um, even though I was injured and I I asked the club if I can leave and wow. well I'm not the guy who I'm not the guy who, who wants to quit things, but I thought, like, I want to stay in the Premier League. Obviously, that was my goal, and that's why I asked the club to uh, to release me, which never happened. Um, Alex Neal said, I won't let you go, and, um, yeah, it was a bit... It was tough for me because, obviously, um, I thought I, I, I did not show that much in the Prem. It was only, I think... 10 games so i thought like i need i need more games to show how good how good i am and then i went into the new season um obviously with mixed feelings and yeah. i have to say I'm, i mean that year i was like really 50 50 on uh how much effort i wanted to give towards uh, towards like the, the the team towards the manager and and oh. everything um because it was just it was tough for me to accept that they they won't let me go i think that's just like a thing in the head that a lot of mm. footballers have um but then i think halfway through the season i then um connected more and more with the fans i was like almost a year in the club then um 
think I don't want to like only bring it down to the fans, but I think they really helped me to to understand what Norwich City really is and, and, and what it means to them. And then I think my mind just changed from that moment on. And, and I was like, well, um, I want to help the club and I want to be here to, to get the club back back up again. And um, unfortunately, things happened back then. Things were being said and um, I got kicked out of the squad and uh, like a lot of things, yeah, weird things happened. Um, and then Alex Neil got sacked. And that's why I said um, I had to apologize to him as well because I said things that I didn't mean. Um, and I, obviously he he must have too. But um, for me, it's always, as I said, I'm, I'm an honest person. I, I, I have to look in the mirror and, and reflect on things. And... I have to be self-critical sometimes and say, "Listen, that wasn't that wasn't right for me. That wasn't fair against the club, against the team mates, against the fans." And, um, but sometimes you need that like down phase maybe to just realize things. And as I said, um, from that moment on, um, I really had the feeling that I have to give more than just what I can do. I think more than just being on the pitch and do my best. I think I thought I have to do on the pitch, off the pitch, uh, in training, uh, everywhere. I, I need to be a good representative for the club. I never, and, and thank you so much, Tim. I never knew that, and I really appreciate your honesty. I, I never knew, I never, never knew that you, you that you wanted to leave, and that's it's sad to hear. But I'm almost counting our lucky stars that you hung around because, of course. Alan Irvin then doesn't materialise. That sort of just kind of goes out the window. Daniel Farker comes along. So we're now at 2017-18. What was that period like for you? Because that that season was quite difficult, right? Because I guess you had to adapt, just like the other players, to his training um, schedule, to his style of football. Was that hard for you? Or did you prefer Daniel Farker to Alex Neal in, in that respect? That's, I mean, that's how we train in Germany. So, I mean, I got, I got used to that pretty fast. And as I said, I, I had the mission in my head, and I wanted to make sure that Daniel has a very easy um, life at Norwich, and just to make sure that I'm as good as possible to help him. And uh, you know, he, we had a lot of talks, we had a lot of chats, and and. Um, I just felt that I have to give 100% for him. It's always great if you can say something like that for for, uh, over, yeah, for a manager that you wanted to give everything for that manager. And, and in Daniel's case, that's 100% true because um, I really clicked with him, um, not only on a professional basis, I mean, even on a personal one. We, we even like text each other now. So... Um, yeah. And and that just shows you how how good of a person he is, actually. Yeah, it's nice to hear that you're still in touch, you Tim. It it really is. It just shows how how powerful that connectivity of, of Norwich City is. So a question I've thought of off the back of that though is, I think you might be the odd one out here, Timmy, because when Daniel Farker came in, we've spoken, of course, on this podcast to Cameron Jerome, to Wes Houlihan, to Russell Martin, and I'm getting this vibe, and I'm picking up snippets of information that the experienced players that had only ever played in, in Britain to, to, to corner term, they really struggled with getting up to speed and the the FARC life, so to put it. But 
do, do you do you agree with that? Do you do you think that the experienced players just didn't click with Daniel at first glance or not? Um, it's hard for me to judge. Um, obviously, they they've never seen a different um, training style. Um, yeah. I mean, we we train sometimes we train twice a day and. Um, which wasn't the case when Alex Neal was there or even at Irwin. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's different and you have to accept it and you have to adapt to it. And, and sometimes it's, it's quite hard and we had a lot of injuries, obviously, as well. And, and then the start of the season wasn't great. And, I mean, the whole season was a little bit up, of a, an up and a down. Um, so, yeah, I think it just took a, a while to to you know, set that, that, that system or that philosophy it took a while to settle in. Okay, then. So we've done the dark times. We've done the challenging times. Let's bring it up to the good times now. 2018-19. Let's, ne- let's not mess around. Let's bring those good, the, those good vibes back to you, Tim. A ball goes over the top to Grant Hanley. Grant Hanley, I've never seen a player run so fast in all my life. He gets on the end of it. He crosses the ball in. You get your skull on it, stick it in the back of the net against Ipswich Town at Carrow I'd never seen so many broken seats, Tim. Literally every seat around me was snapped. People were climbing on top of each other. It was going berserk. <laughs> what were your memories of that day against Ipswich? It wasn't even the win or no. Um, I think it was more the you don't want to get beaten by them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <sighs> memories, what can I say? It was, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we went into the game and, and we knew that um, this season wasn't like really the best season uh, of us and, and we knew that we have to like if we want to connect to the fans it, it has to be those games um, and then obviously going down in the uh, 88th minutes uh, yeah that was late so every one of us thought like Jesus uh, yeah that, that can't happen and then um, right after the goal, I was walking forward and then I looked at Daniel and Daniel said, listen, you just need to go forward now and, and stay there and, and try your best and head it in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the whole situation, as, as soon as the ball left Hanley's foot, I knew that I'm going to score. Um, I don't know why, actually. Uh, the only thing was I didn't know how to celebrate. I was so happy. So I was like, I had no idea where to walk, where to look. Uh, I had no, no idea how, which one of the players I have to grab and, and, and drag down to the ground with me. And um, even afterward, the whole celebration, I was like so pumped still, so full of energy that I had to like fist pump the air and like give it towards the Ipswich fans as well. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a, unbelievable feeling mate honestly it's so good to hear that and it, it does bring a smile to my face and that that you, you're so right about your celebration because it it's almost like once the normal celebration had had finished you went back for more and you looked it looked like your head was going to pop off your head because you just released so much passion towards towards the snake pit absolutely incredible incredible memories and, and i'm sure Incredible memories of that that 2018-19 season as well. Um, obviously, winning the title back into the Premier League. What was the what was the secret recipe to to that team from from your opinion, Tim? Because we've asked 
Anel, we've asked Tom Tribal, we've asked Mary Vancic. In your opinion, why did that 2018-19 team click? If I mean, if I look back, I thought that the, the team we had when we came down from the Premier League was better than the team we had when we went up. Um, the only difference was we were a team. Mm -hmm. um, and you felt that on the pitch, you felt it uh, off the pitch. And as I said, in my head, I was like, I was always referring to that boat and we all have to row in the same direction. Yeah. And I felt we did that um, perfectly. We didn't like, like when one player had an injury, the next one came in and did the, the, the job perfectly. So um, it was just, yeah, it was all, all around. It was just great performances everywhere and the team really grew together and, and, I think that was maybe the main difference. Um, and as I said, like in my head, I had this this mission to to bring the club back um, back to the prem. And um, after that, like maybe six months of like wanting to leave. Um, but after that, I was really like, I need to give that to the fans. I needed I need to give it to to me, to to the club, to everyone who believes, you know um that's why it was just a great feeling absolutely epic right it's time for some random questions it wouldn't be a talk Narrow city podcast without some quick fire random questions for the viewers and listeners around the world the canary nation normally with the guest i'll i'll tell them the rough questions before we start so there's no surprises but there's going to be surprises this time so tim five random questions question one how, how long how long has the answer going to be as quick as you can oh, just, all right, just right. as quick as you can right hashtag instacrass what the hell does that mean uh it's like insta cool crass is a swiss word for cool oh right it's easy as that yeah insta cool there you go i love the hat i remember it back in the day and um, question two chelsea away fa cup do you remember what you did in that game? Yeah, the, I gave the facts back to the one fan who came on the pitch. Yeah. I wanted to keep them for myself, but obviously I was friendly and, and gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I've got a cold. You giving your cigarettes back was just absolutely, that was just so funny. Um, okay, next question. What? And I've genuinely have forgotten this, so I want you to tell me. You've always you've said there in a previous answer to me that you didn't really know how to celebrate. That there is one I celebration. Never I never know how to celebrate. Now I'm going to be a bit brave here, Tim. When we've talked about this celebration on the podcast before, I can only liken it to a, almost like a drunk donkey. You scored at home at Carrow Road, and you sort of stumbled forwards, and you sort of like headbutted the corner flag. What? What was that game? Who was that against? Was it Forest? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I thought was... it was, I, I have no idea actually. Um, I, I, I never know. I never know how to to celebrate. It's like something I always talk about, like how the next goal is being celebrated. But then once I score, it always something always happens. The only maybe the only goal I really knew exactly what I wanted to do was when I scored the second goal away at Forest. And yeah. then um, I was I knew exactly I wanted to do the, the, the captain to the to the fans. So that that's the only thing I, I remember actually 
doing on purpose. The rest was just mindset of pure, yeah, pure. I don't know, childness in my head. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Some of the most memorable celebrations. Okay, and um, fourth question: Which version of your song did you prefer? Because of course there was he's big, he's Swiss, he's got a house in this, but there was also he's big, he's Swiss, his nose was on the piss. How did you feel about that second version? No, the second one was better. <laughs> it is, it's the truth, no? Like, <laughs> Which like, one? I mean, what, what, what do you want me to say? Like, I'm not going to lie and tell you that my nose is beautiful, but it is to me, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is on the on the piece. I mean, uh, I broke it four times, so. <laughs> really? I never knew that. Okay, there you go. Um, fifth and final question. Favourite beach in Norfolk? Horsey Beach. Yes, good choice. So it definitely wouldn't be Great Yarmouth. I took my dad once, and then he was like, that was, <laughs> he had a shock. He said, like, we have to leave. <laughs> I remember yeah. that one. I'm so pleased you said that because we often have a lot of bands from Talk Now City about the standard of, uh, of Great Yarmouth. So that's going to get me some points on Jack. Okay, Tim. <laughs> Next, and I'm, and I'm rushing through because I know that, I know that you're, you're short for time today. But there is one thing that we do on this podcast with every guest. We get them to write out their perfect Norwich City 11 from their time at the club. So I'm going to get this up on screen. If you could lean over slightly for me. Talk me through this side. Why have you picked these players? Because there's a couple in there that, you know, perhaps we could start. Robbie Brady, that's that's a name that we've we've never had in the in the ideal teams before. I mean, I've been at the, I've been with the club for six, six and a, six years or something like that. So I've, I've I've played with some amazing players, and um, obviously Timmy. If we go through, I mean Tim, uh, I could have could have gone for John Roddy as well. Um, yes, uh, that was like a hard one. But Timmy and I, we just like had a, a special bond. Uh, and it clicked between us, so I had to go for Timmy. Uh, same with Pinto and Zimmerman. I mean, Zimmerman was like my brother. He's still he's still the one I'm like in contact with or mostly yeah. uh, most of the time. Pinto is just uh, when I arrived, he came as well, and, and yes, I remember. it was like us two. And I mean, I could have gone for Max Aarons there, uh, which I believe is one of the talented. Yeah, most talented players we've ever seen on the right side there. But um, yeah, obviously Pinto and I had like a special connection again. The same with Zimmerman, as I said. Uh, I mean, Ross was great. Um, Bass was great. Uh, yeah, there were some, some amazing centre-backs. Um, but again, because of the connection. Uh, Brady really helped me out at the beginning. I thought he, I think he's a, a fantastic uh, player. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I remember, um, I think it was my first session, and it was like a tactic session with Alex Neal, and I couldn't understand the word he said. And I had to ask Robbie Brady, and he came over and he explained everything to me. I mean, from that moment on, we were like uh, good friends as well. Nice. Johnny, Johnny is just Johnny. Uh, he's just he's unreal. He's unreal. He's a, he, like. Those two years or three years, I was lucky to play with him. I, I mean, he was an engine. He still is, actually. Um, 
so yeah that's for sure um ready redmond um yeah i mean talented uh if if someone wants to see how talented he is just watch the last goal against liverpool and then you know how good he is um so that's why Matt and I we we just had a special bond. Um, he's a bowler, and I I want to be a bowler. So uh, I think that's why we we clicked so good. And yeah. he's, he's he's a I don't know. I still can't go get over the fact that he didn't get a call up for the national team. But yeah, I don't understand. Uh, it's crazy. He's a he's a great player and a very very down to earth guy. Don't just go through the Instagram stuff and think that that's him. Uh, he's completely different. Um, Wezo. Where did you start I don't, I don't need to talk about Wezo. I mean, if, if, if someone wants to know how good Wezo was, just watch the game against Forrest, I think, where he scored from the halfway line. Or Wednesday, I think, where he just like chopped the ball three or four times, took out like a five players and then scored afterwards yeah. or even on on his last game or in his last game yeah he, just, he scored as well obviously um he's he's a he's a great person uh unbelievable lefty don't go yeah. for the right foot because he's just, just for standing <laughs> yeah uh, but it's just all in all all around he's a he's a great unbelievable guy um and I like Come on, Emmy, Pookie, talk to me. Uh, Emmy, I mean, when he came, I always tried to speak Spanish to him uh, and make life easy for him. Yeah. Uh, exactly. we, we actually called each other Corazon, which means heart, like you're my heart in Spanish. Um, nice. yeah. So that's how good we had the connection. Um, okay. And again, like just an his head sometimes blew off because he was so angry. Uh, and it's something I like very much. Like, you know, he was angry, but then in the same time he got, like he won the ball back and he gave you that final pass or the goal or it's just a great player. Um, and last but not least, I mean, I, I wasn't quite sure which, which striker I, I, um, I'm going to take because obviously Jerome, I like Jerome very much, the tank. Um, uh, I was very close to pick Nelson Oliveira because I think he's an unreal striker. Um, yeah. He's a bit one that goes, oh, oh, like, how do you say that? Under the radar? Yeah. Um, he's Nelson. I mean, his head, I think his, his, his head killed him in the end. Uh, the one where he put up the T-shirt in front of Daniel, I think that, that killed him a little bit. But, I mean, he's uh, on, he's really good. I like him very much. Yeah. And he can, like, score with his left, with his right, with his head. And, yeah, yeah. very good striker. He but, uh, yeah, I mean, in the end, I gave it to Puki because uh, just for how we work for the team, yeah. And he wasn't like he wasn't the guy who was talking that much. He just tried to go out and and just help as much as possible, run, uh, fight, uh, score. And I think even in the dressing room, everyone liked him, although he was quiet. And uh, I think that's why I I went to pick him in the end. Yeah. 
what aside, let me know in the comments uh, what you think of, of, of Timmy Close's uh, Norwich City 11. Tim, I have to ask you this. Um, I, I know we're short of time, but I have to ask you, are you are you all right with how it ended at Norwich City? Because it's pretty it's pretty much out there and well documented that you had to train with the under 23s. We've heard from Tom Tribal on that before as well. How did that make you feel um, having to play for the under 23s and your exit from Norwich City? Because I know that you've gone on record before saying that it was a bit disappointing for you. Could you shed some light on that? Well, I don't want to go into too much details. Obviously, I wasn't happy. Um, I was a bit disappointed. Um, I mean, we had chats um, with Stuart and Daniel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as I said, uh, I made mistakes. They made mistakes. I apologized. Um, as I most of the times I apologize when I realized that I was in a, in, in how do you say that, in the fault. Um, yeah. So I then am man enough to stand up and, and say sorry, which I did. Um, but yeah, it was sad to go out that way, but I'm happy to, to come back this year uh, or maybe next year. It depends on the schedule. And then yeah. maybe say uh, like proper goodbye to, to the fans. I hope so. I sincerely hope so. And... Tim, I know you've just signed a new contract, but when I've when I've uh, leaked this information to a few friends of mine that you're coming on, one of the questions was, I could see Tim Close as a manager. Would you ever get into football management at all? <laughs> I always wanted to be a sport sporting director. Actually, um, okay. I I was studying sport management on the side, which I've uh, I've finished now, and yeah. I have my degree. Um, but I'm doing my A license at the moment as well, just on the side. So yeah. it's just good to keep stores open, and, and maybe uh, maybe I go into coaching, maybe I go into the like management kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I have to see. Uh, the, the only thing I want to do now is just enjoy my my last years. I would say I don't know how much more i have in my legs i try my best to keep up with the youngsters but yeah. they are getting better every year <laughs> well look i wish you the very best of luck apart from against norris city football club i will be giving you plenty of stick in the barclay uh when when you arrive don't worry timmy thank you so much for coming on today and thank sharing you. your story with us i really appreciate it thank you very much for having me again and uh yeah see you in norwich <laughs> Thank you, thank you very much. Oh, just quickly, actually, I always ask this question. Have you got a message for the Norwich fans? Because they're all watching and listening now. Have you got a message On for the them? ball city. Hey. Hey. <laughs>